afternoon and welcome everybody. Welcome to the first podcast of the EU Coordination Group of Amnesty International. My name is Mira and I'm calling in from England uh, today. And on the panel, there is Amelie from Denmark. Hi. Then there's Nicolas who is ensuring that technically everything runs smoothly. Hi. Hello. And then, of course, there are two really important guests today, which are, who are Pete and Desiree from Hungary today. But before we get started with our panel, let me give you a short introduction to what we are actually talking about today. I think it is correct to say that the night of the 10th November has fundamentally changed people's everyday lives in Hungary. In addition to extending the emergency decrease of the government until the 8th of February 2021, three new bills were submitted to the parliament overnight. One could really call this uh, some kind of cloak and dagger operation. The Hungarian government has done that. As Hungary at the moment has been hit badly by the second wave, as a lot of European countries as well, second wave of coronavirus with almost 4,000 new infections per day in a country of 10 million people, you might think that the objective of these new bills is to support the healthcare system and the people in Hungary in such uncertain times. But no, rather not really surprising at all, thinking back to the Hungarian government's politics in the past month, these bills are actually far-reaching. They not only humiliate, but also curtail the rights of LGBTQI communities and undermine the state's transparency and freedom of information and, and actively attack the notion of democracy. This undemocratic tendency of the Hungarian government arose the first time around March this year, when the government declared a state of emergency and introduced bills which significantly violated human rights of minority groups in Hungary, and undermined human dignity. Well, this situation now seems to be worse than ever before, but I don't want to talk too long here now. Let's rather directly get to our new guests who are involved. So, Amelie, do you want to take the lead? Yes, please. So, today we're going to talk with two amazing amnesty activists, Deshe Mate, who focus on marginalized minorities. He's a Roma and LGBTQ activist and researcher who has a very equality rights focus in his work. Then we have youth activist Pete Torak, who has organized awareness campaigns to fight bullying in schools. He has also focused on the younger generation and of openness and acceptance of each other. He has also worked with how to integrate into Europe and how hard that might be. He has a very rights awareness focus when people should focus on the rights they have, openness and acceptance. So, Let's have a chat. Hi, everyone. As it mentioned, my name is Dejo from Hungary, and I'm a Romani LGBTQ activist and social science researcher. And to answer to your question, like, I really feel fundamental, and I think it's really fundamental to protect the basic human rights of people, which just means in my context to, to respect the identity of LGBTQ identity and, uh, and Romani identity as well. And one of the main institutions here in Hungary or NGO, let's say, is the Amnesty International, uh, who really bring light on these issues and they talking openly about the different types of oppressions and social exclusions for of uh, Romani and or LGBTQ people. And that's why it was really important to me to get contact with them, because I think that they really can offer a great and independent platform to express our 
our feelings and values if we feel that there is some kind of unequal uh, social oppressions or marginalizations which we experiencing in our current social system. So that's why I think it was important for me to get touch in with Amnesty. It's important for me to to be represented by those who are not biased with our voices and with our, let's say, representation. And as you know, here in Hungary, it's one of the main issue of Romani people, the school segregation and, and many of them are still segregated, they're learning in segregated environment, the children, the students. And it's, you know, if someone achieving a university level or even higher, then it's the media would like to really approach them and put to them, put to us in a kind of hero position, which I would really avoid. And I don't uh, really like these labels that they would make for me a hero gypsy who achieved the PhD level. And that's why I, I was really concerned to accept a little bit about the invitation, but sometimes I think it's, it's, it's good to be express our voices and reflect back and talking back with different channels. And I think it's really great initiative was, and it, it is still because um, it has a large audience and a, a large a lot of countries, they they saw this campaign, which is really important to me to challenge the stereotypes on the Romanian and the LGBTQ people. And that's why I think it was really great. And that's why I, I accepted the invitation. Well, that's a pretty interesting question. I mean, as I mentioned, I was participating in this human rights competition for high schoolers when Amnesty International Hungary's youth coordinator reached out to me with this opportunity. And I'm not going to lie, at first, I was, you know, considering this whole offer, I mean, whether I should accept it or not, partly for similar reasons as Daji already mentioned, because I don't really want to be in the eye of the public somewhere, but the youth in general is could be categorized in two separate groups. I mean, there are those youth members who are ready to act and uh, ready to stand up and protect their rights. But on the other hand, there is still a great part of the youngsters who are not that interested in the world and their situations around them. So, you know, my late grandma always told me that you can tie your opinion anytime in the proper way. And, you know, it is a slogan for me somewhere because luckily I come from a supporting family and I think my grandma was right, you know. I mean, just because I am a youth member, I mean, at the time I was just turning 18 years old when this campaign started to run. And I realized that my voice matters just as much as it matters for the adults. So I think may, this is mainly why I accepted the invitation to participate in this campaign. Thank you for your answers. So how do you perceive the current situation in Hungary? I would like to ask, what do you mean under current situation? 
um, about the whole rule of law situation that you're focused upon already? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, this uh, kind of rule of law question is always was on the spot. So as I'm talking now from a Romani point of view, the social exclusion and oppressions, it was always current in our society. It actually doesn't matter that which government was leading the country. The, the racism is structural, not only in Hungary, but I think in all Europe. So it's always a, a kind of great fight, not physically, but really mentally, to challenging these kind of questions. You know what I mean? So talking about rule of law, of course, it's a great issue now here in Hungary, but I would really precise it like it's not only the current moment, it's it's a it's an issue of Hungary. It was always an issue and it will be actually always an issue because I think people, they just don't know the words and notion as law or they have rights or they think that they have rights, but actually they don't know what kind of rights they have and what they can do with that kind of rights. Because you are talking about democracy here in Hungary, but the notion and the concept of democracy, I think many of the people, they just don't know. Let's give an example. For example, I mentioned previously the the school segregation people, let's say, and not only Roman, uh, non-Romani people, but I think the such as I think the country accepting that this kind of situation that Romani children, they must be in segregated school and the majority of the society, they accepting this because they actually promoting this kind of not value, but common notion, let's say. And in my really critical point of view, it's in some way, it's not only uh, a concept to be segregated or holding the situation of Romani children that they're being segregated, but also it is kind of aim of the governments, not only the current governments, but the previous governments as well, to be that the Romani children will be segregated. Because it is kind of, it is a common aim at the current situation, as you already mentioned, the government introduced a state of emergency in connection with the coronavirus epidemic twice this year. And personally, it's odd for me that both times one of their first acts was to diminish people from their human rights. And back in the spring, it was Section 33, a new legislation that banned the legal recognition of transgender and intersex people in Hungary. And now the government is planning to make the adopting procedure impossible for same-sex couples and single parents. I would like to link to my previous comment as the democracy. Because, uh, you know, many of the people, they just don't know that they have right to access to water, to access to electricity, uh, right to have a marriage, right to adopt, and so on and so on. And the main issue that people, they just don't want to know that these are them or these are our fundamental rights because we are paying tax for this. It's not because of, you know, we're not paying taxes instead with potatoes, we're paying with money, which actually our right to have back some services of that, which is, we, we, call, we can call it equality, dignity, equity, whatever, which is our basic needs to be, be proud and and develop ourselves in our societies. 
What's really promising is that even though the statement more and more young people started to realize that their voice matters. And let's take the example of Fridays for Future, for example. It was a great initiative to raise awareness of global warming. And to be honest, I was pleased to see how my generation stood up for our Earth in the United Front. And probably another situation you might hear about is the SFA case in Hungary. Uh, students started protesting against the university's new operational structure in the beginning of the semester because they believed that the school's autonomy had been undermined. The school's senate was stripped of all powers like decide on the budget or electing a rector, for example. And in response, the senate resigned and teachers and students were protesting. You know, I don't want to go into details, but the core of the issue was that another decision was made without the consent and without asking the involved parties. And probably the most heartwarming for me was to see how a huge part of the public actually made a united front and showed solidarity with the students of SFA by several demonstrations nationwide that were supported by, you know, thousands of people. I mean, it was amazing to see that. I would like to also later on mention the differences between Black Lives Matter movement and between the Romani Lives Matter movement here in Hungary, because that is a really brilliant and great example how our society is hypocritic with the Romani people, even though they say that they kind of supporting the Romani inclusions and the educations and the Romani people here in Hungary. Okay, well, thank you for those two responses. They were really interesting. And um, Deja, you already referred a bit to the LGBT uh, situation in Hungary. And for our listeners, I'm just going to tune in with some short information about what is the current, what the current situation at the moment is like, and then get back to you. Our group was already active in March 2020 when the parliament banned legal uh, gender recognition, and which not only violated international human rights obligations that Hungary has to obey to, but also had detrimental consequences for the individuals and the community in Hungary. And in October 2020, a ministerial decree was made it hard for single persons or non-married same-sex or opposite-sex couples to adopt children. So this is something Pete has already referred to previously. And um, previously, I already mentioned that the situation seems to worsen now with the amendment of the fundamental law. And here I'm going to refer back to you, Dejo, as being a bit of an expert in this call about uh, LGBT rights. And I want to ask you if you can give us some more information on how this amendment of the fundamental law, which took place, well, which was initiated on the 10th of November this month, will affect the LGBTI community specifically. Well, thanks for the the title that I'm an expert, but I'm not really, I'm just, you know, working in these issues and I try to understand what's going on here in Hungary regarding our identity because I'm also an LGBTQ person. And I can now reflect on this point as a, as a person who has a LGBTQ identity, let's say. And basically, with this current law, the actual government, let's say, they just banned our future and they just took the rights from us to adopt children and to identify 
uh, our family as a family. You know, I'm a married man. I have a husband. And uh, we married in, in, in Denmark, actually, in Copenhagen in 2015. It's a legal marriage, so it's not a registered partnership, actually. And also, I would like to note this, that we married because, actually, my husband is Polish. And none of our country in that period didn't accept the Mary because yes, they just you know they didn't go for, uh, give for us equal right to be be ourselves. This you gave a good insight into what is actually happening at the moment and how this um, amendment to the fundamental law, which was proposed on the tenth of November, um, does can affect the LGBT community. Um, I just wanted to ask you. There was like an event last week where the Constitutional Court um, is now going to review gender, transgender law upon a request of a Hungarian court in the east of the country because this court argued in favour of those who claim that the law passed, which was passed in March uh, this year violates constitutional rights to human dignity and private life. Is this, does this evolution give us um, some high expectations regarding the future? What would you say? Yes, I, I think definitely it's a, it's a great step which happened during the week uh, regarding the, the law 33 because it's, it gives some spotlight and some, some bright future to, to discuss further the transgender issue here in Hungary. And also just reflecting back to the current situation as they banned, as they would like to defer or taking the frame that the concept of family, like with this kind of concept also, they they just banning and also violating the basic human rights of, uh, of the violating, let's say, the basic values of the notion of the families. Because if they're writing down in the constitution as who is the family, as they declare as families, one mother and one father, and their children, that I think it's really exclusionary because, uh, and I'm not talking here about uh, LGBTQ issues only. We have to also mention the single parents, the single mothers, because in that notion or that meaning, they are also cannot be uh, identified as, as family. So basically the fundamental human rights and uh, yeah, let's say the human rights are, are violated with this kind of acts and laws because, yes, they are identifying the notion of family, which is really oppressing and exclusionary. And with this, also, they take the future for those kind of, from, from those people who are currently in orphan age or orphan home. And there are a lot of institutions who were, let's say, a lot of children would like to have family and a lot of same-sex couple lgbtq couple would like to have children or child and this kind of gap they just making the social distances bigger and wider and they taking the future not only from that children who are in in the orphan homes but also from uh, from the same same-sex couples as well because even if there is a need and the lgbtq couples they could give a warmly family 
background and support to those those children, they just cannot have access to each other. And many of my friends, to reflect to transgender uh, issues here in Hungary, many of my friends, they just uh, choose to not live here in Hungary and they, they choose to leave the country because they feel that their identity and their work and their person persona can be valuable much more equally let's say in other countries uh, as here in Hungary currently that was really um, interesting just a question uh, a quick question to you again Dezhu. you said your friends have chosen some of your friends have chosen not to live in Hungary anymore as they feel their rights are attacked and they don't they won't, don't want to live in such an environment How come you have decided to still stay in Hungary together with your husband? <laughs> It's an interesting question because I'm every day struggling with this country. I would like to move as soon as possible. Of course, I'm not, I'm not uh, sacrificing myself for a country which hates me. It would be really hypocritic to say that I would like to live here forever and I would like to die here. No, I would not. I will not give my all support for those country, for that country who actually, I'm sorry for this sentence because I'm, I'm honest and I wouldn't be hypocritic. No, here in Hungary, it's a great, a great anti-gypsism and homophobia as well. And I'm just really fed up with that. And uh, yes, I would move from this country as soon as possible because this country is not deserving me at all. They don't, it's not deserving my, my knowledge, my capacity, my time, because I know I can have better future in other countries, not, but not in Hungary. Okay, well, I can really understand this uh, very unsettling situation at the moment in Hungary regarding minority groups, um, youth groups. It's, um, it's actually, it's unsettling, yes. Well, now to get more to a bit of a positive side, um, What do you think has to change in Hungary or needs to change for the country uh, to, to be more acceptant? I mean, I love talking with people who share different views than me. And now you may ask why, but the answer is really simple. I believe in starting a dialogue is beneficial for everyone. In the end, you can still agree to disagree, but you gain insight into another perspective. And maybe it is just me, but I find it particularly interesting. And that is why I think it would be much better if students were consulted on matters regarding education, for instance. And moreover, I reckon the ability of reasoning and critical thinking are needed to be improved. Like, it seems to me that these abilities are considered not as a priority in Hungary. And that is also why we are you know, doing these kind of debating conversations in Amnesty's Debrecen for the youth, because we want to provide them a chance to have an open discussion about matters and about human rights, because it is, because whether you like it or not, it's a part of your life. And in general, the youth has, the youth lacks of right awareness. So I think that is something that really needs to change and as soon as possible. Because, you know, education is a keystone for our future. In the public institutions, public schools, let's say, they just take this kind of values 
or not supporting this kind of values of the students to think critically. Usually the teachers, they tell for the students, like, don't ask, don't reflect, just listen, and don't have opinions and, and uh, views on different issues or on different questions. So if you know, talking about critical thinking and the talking back phenomenon, it's a really great and, and a huge issue here in Hungarian educational system because they just, we just really not, they, let's say, we, they don't understand what does it mean to be critical on such issues. So basically, as you know, on uh, June 7, 2020, they organized a Black Lives Matter movement solidarity uh, gathering, which uh, actually expressed the solidarity of uh, people of color who suffered different kinds of violations, which is absolutely fine, absolutely okay. But at the same day, and, this, and at the same square as well, which there was the Liberty Square, two, three hundred meters different, the Romani activists also organized a gathering which called Romani, Romani Lives Matter as well, and they wanted to call the publicity attention that not only the Black Lives Matter, which is, I'm mentioning again, it's totally okay and fine to wear solid solidarity with the others, but please see what is in your neighbor. Because here in Hungary, we, we have, or we are Romani people, so our main minority is Romani, non, not, and not a people of color, not Afro-American person or people. So basically, after this gathering with the Black Lives Matter movement solidarity, the organizers asked the participants to participate with the Romani Lives Matter movement and express their solidarity. And as I mentioned, it, it was on the same day, same date, same square as well. And what happened, the participants of the Black Lives Matter movement participants, they went, they left home, and they didn't join to the Roma Lives Matter movement. Maximum out of 1,000 people, like 100, who expressed their solidarity of, of Romani victims and people who were violated. With, uh, because of their Romani origin. And also I, I would like to connect with the notion of voices. Again, back, which I mentioned, like I think we have to have a common and supportive voices towards each other because if we are kind of, you know, Hippocratic and we say that, okay, we are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, but we are not supporting the Romani Lives Matter movement, even though we are in the same country, then I think it's there is a lot of to talk about that, I believe. Then. Thank you so much. So, what can we do and how can we help in any way um, from your perspective? And Pete, would you like to start? Sure. So, showing solidarity without borders is a nice act because we are talking about an international scenario here. And, you know, this kind of showing solidarity also gives hope for people who are going through those particular happenings that are being addressed. And as I was involved in international exchanges, I know how great it is to have such international friendships and international support. 
And you know, with our youth club, we are organizing online conferences, table talks, um, workshops on several subjects. Uh, next week, for example, we are holding an online event where we will talk about uh, rainbow families and how they are affected by the current load change. And as I mentioned, we are looking to start a dialogue and we are aiming to show the general public how important it is to get to know, for example, a rainbow family before making a statement about them. But it is just one matter that we are dealing with next to several human rights related topics. Uh, but you know, one thing is in common and sensitization is really important and it has to start at, uh, at our age or even earlier. And finding international partners for such events is just as essential as it is to find NGOs, for example, in Hungary. So maybe that's what I would I would answer for what or how you could help. So Pete, you are thank now you muted. for your answer. And do you have anything to add? If you would like to have valuable social changes, we have to start at the ground of the educational system because we are not learning in our curricula nothing about different identities. We don't learning nothing about being diverse. We're not learning about Romani identities at all, nothing. We're not learning about LGBTQ people as well, nothing. We have to change the all curricula here in Hungary, but not only in Hungary, in those countries which are really, let's say, populist. Because I agree with, with Peter with, on that level that we have to talk in about these issues in gymnasiums and in the in, let's say in at universities as well but let's be honest these are all privileged position because talking about social issues at uh, at the gymnasium and in university it's a great and huge privileged position because not all that so if you if you really would like to change about this something. We have to talk about different issues openly in all social level and also in all educational level as well, starting from kindergarten until universities and include the minority identities and values and marking these identities as values and not as a, not as a stigma in the curricula and in the public discourses as well. Because, yeah, as I mentioned, in segregated schools, they are just not talking at all about uh, Romani identity, even though the majority of the Romani uh, segregated schools, or, or let's say on those schools which are segregated, they are Romani children, they are even though not learning nothing about their own identities because they just learning the majority curricula, which is, you know, the white middle class narratives and nothing about us. And also the media, it is like, we're seeing the kind of funny gypsy who is, uh, you know, the dancer, the singer. And, you know, there are those kind of reality shows who going to the, the Romani camps and uh, taking the hero position again as the non-Romani person and they helping to whatever, achieving some things for the poor gypsies. 
So I think we have to also challenge this kind of media narratives and pictures as well, because, you know, they are not God that they will promote and show those kind of pictures on us. Like learning about the world around us is just as part of activism as signing petitions or talking about things with family members or friends. So everyone can do something that contributes to it, that contributes to a better world. And somewhere my personal slogan is that together we can achieve huge changes and every act matters regardless of their size. Even though we are facing several diminishments, human rights related, it has never been more important to stand up for ourselves. And even though we are living in a country where a child will portraying the heroes of Hungarian folk tales as members of minority groups was destroyed by a far-right politician merely as a political statement, I do still have hope. And you know why? For one thing is that I know that it is our generation who will be able to change things. And so we will the upcoming generation and so on and so on. And this optimistic view is what leads me on my way. It is our duty a joint responsibility and change roots in education, which is unquestionably a keystone. So yes, I see hope for the future. And I do believe that one day we will live in a Hungary where everyone is accepted and respected as a human being. See things a bit differently. I mean, this open conversation gives values to each other. At least it definitely gave a lot of values to me and it opened my eyes in quite a, on quite a few things. So I'm really thankful for this conversation. But you know, Peter, it, it is just really great. I mean, this all spot now, it's really great. Just can you imagine like playing with labels, a gypsy academist talking with a, with a Gajo young, Gajo is a non-Roma person with a gajo privileged youngster. So I think it's something which is great because the main issue that this kind of societies are not meeting with each other enough. You know what I mean? Okay, you are open. Yeah, yes, yes. I, you are open for this discussion and and uh, which is, you know, not, not usual. That's why we are talking to each other. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I really believe that this kind of conversation should be promoted among youngsters as well, because as I said, the education is a keystone and opening our eyes and, you know, going deeper in, in the world around us is essential. So that's why I believe that this conversation is a great opportunity for that. And it should be promoted on a wider perspective and it should be available to any youngster in Hungary. Well, thank you very much for exactly those really good words in the end that education is a key word for us. Um, yeah, that education is a key word to make people more aware of what is actually happening and how we can change this. So to wrap this all up, thank you very much for this dialogue from England over Denmark and Germany to Hungary. Definitely very European. Thank you to our two panelists, Deirdre and Pete from Hungary especially. I hope that this has clarified and underlined again how serious the situation in Hungary is, while it has definitely for me. I hope that you can preserve, both of you, some hope for the future. 
and that Hungary will develop in the direction of more tolerance and societal acceptance for minority groups. I think it is really essential to notice that this is happening in our neighbourhood. The interview has clearly showed the importance of solidarity, a common voice and a dialogue, not only in Hungary, but also on the international level. And this is exactly what we stand for as a European coordination group of Amnesty International. It is also the solidarity across borders, as as Pete correctly said, which is crucial in this support. So thank you very much for attending this call. And I just want to call out to our followers and to listeners um, of this podcast that you can follow um, our Action Coordination Group on Instagram and Facebook by the name Amnesty uh, underscore EAAC or uh, on Facebook European Amnesty Action Coordination Group. Thank you and bye.